The good news is I'm in remission, y'all. Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. We can only start with one thing. Roman Reigns is back. Yeah, last night on Raw, Roman Reigns came out at the start of the show and he announced to the world that his leukemia is in remission and he receives, as you'd expect, one of the loudest pops in recent memory, possibly in recent history. It was just a great moment, wasn't it? I'm sure everyone by now has seen the segment, so let's just crack on into it. The segment for me, it it was Roman basically comes out, he spends about five to ten minutes high-fiving the crowd, just soaking the moment in. The segment, it just helped the segment feel so real. He's got all his family at ringside, everyone. It was just... It was just a great moment when nobody can say that it wasn't, not that they'd want to. Um... So when he finally gets to talk, he goes on to say that he's ready to come back to the ring, the leukemia, they knocked it out of the park, the leukemia is in remission, there was numerous shots coincidentally of him with the Wrestlemania sign in the background, which I don't think is a coincidence, um, so yeah, so that's, that's the big story, Roman Reigns is back in WWE, they threw him straight into a storyline later on in the show, so expect to see him week to week back on Monday Night Raw. So yeah, so that was it. It was it was a great, great segment. I can't not call him how good this segment was. Um, a crazy thing that I was thinking about today, um, actually, while I was at work. Can you imagine, right, if you'd have said, say one year ago, what was one year ago? February 2018, Roman was in the feud with Brock Lesnar. He was getting booed out of every building. Can you imagine if you'd have pulled someone just to one side and said, by the way, a year tonight, Roman Reigns is going to come out to one of the loudest face pops of all time and nobody in the building would want him to be a heel. A year ago, everyone wanted Roman to turn him heel, turn him heel. I was one of them. Turn him heel. Why is he babyface? And now if you asked anyone, I'm guessing nobody would want to see him heel. Which is just crazy to think. I just think if someone had said that to me a year ago, I'd have been like, there's absolutely no chance. It just drills on the fact anything can happen in a year in wrestling. But yeah, so to be honest with you, I'm so happy for Roman. Obviously, he's had he's had an up and down relationship with the fans, mainly down. He gets booed out of most buildings. And I, although at first, I'm not going to lie, when it back in 2015, I thought it was Daniel Bryan's moment. Push him into the main event. Roman was sort of, everyone was sort of on that bandwagon of Roman stealing Brighton's spotlight. It's being pushed down our throats. But I think the time away, as I said on last week's episode, it's made everyone realise just how key Roman was to Raw. He was sort of the glue that held the show together at times. People were always interested in Roman's segment, be it good or bad. So yes, and now that he's back, I just feel like the pop he got last night was just sort of... It must feel good after all he's obviously like I'm sure he's a professional. He won't get too bothered by the bad pops that he well the, the heat that he got over the years. Not like maybe Ronda Rousey does, but it must have felt great for him to come out and receive this reaction. And for me, it just feels 
bizarrely, as obviously this wasn't the inter- well, not not that this was an intended situation, but this just feel really feels like it's made the fans connect, finally connect with Roman Reigns. We know who Roman Reigns is. We've been on, we've all been on this journey with him. Obviously not with him, but we've all been wondering is Roman okay? We've wanted him to be okay. That, that emotional segment back in October. So as I say, it's just it, another thing as well. Finally, finally, we are going to have a star that WWE wants to be the top babyface in the promotion. Who and basically the fans are pretty much going to want that. It's not going to be a case of oh we're fighting the t- the babyface that's at the top. Sort of like with Becky Lynch. Do you know what I mean? They've obviously incorporated that into the storyline. So hopefully, knowing WWE, in about four months' time, what they should do, they should book big triumphant year-long storyline where Roman goes through guys, wins the Rumble next year, wins the belt at WrestleMania, gets his great moment. But you just can just see WWE, as they did with Brian a year ago, well, six to nine months ago, they're messing it up. And turning him heel. It would not surprise me. But maybe they might try a bit harder with Roman than they did with Daniel Bryan. So, after that great segment, um, Seth Rollins is waiting for Roman on the ramp. They have a great moment. There was one key thing that you could notice from the moment where Roman and Dean and Seth all hugged at the top of the ramp when Roman announced he had leukemia to the world was the missing Dean Ambrose. Obviously, since Roman's been away, storyline-wise, Dean Ambrose turned heel. And then in real life, Dean Ambrose said that he wasn't going to be signing a new contract with WWE. So there was no Dean Ambrose in this segment. But this leads to later on in the show. Now, we have a Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre. No disqualification match. You have McIntyre, Lashley, Corbin and Elias. Four on one in Dean Ambrose. Who makes the save? But Seth Rollins. Now, if you've been watching Raw for the last four months, well, unfortunately, if you've been watching Raw for the last four months, it's been pretty shit. You've seen this horrific storyline between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And this was just the final thing for me. It just it made me laugh. It's come to full circle. It was that bad. The miss, the, oh, it was just terrible, wasn't it? So we had to have Seth Rollins. I'm not arguing this point, but it just shows how bad the turn was, the fact that they've had to quickly turn Ambrose's face and have Seth Rollins come out and save Dean Ambrose, which basically makes no sense. But if you're reading between the lines, obviously a few weeks ago they randomly turned Ambrose's face. They probably had plans that Roman would be coming back. They got the word he'd be coming back. So they're trying to turn Ambrose's face so they can do a Shield match. So you'd expect Fastlane to have... It'd be Ambrose, Rollins and Reigns versus McIntyre, Lashley, Corbin and Elias. Maybe Strowman teaming up with The Shield, but I personally wouldn't do that. Just have it be The Shield. Maybe Strowman can come out and create like a tag team match for Mania. Some bullshit like that, maybe. But yeah, so it looks for all eyes. Obviously, they didn't actually reunite Ambrose, Rollins and Reigns. And there was no pretty, no real like interaction between them. Rollins and Reigns just made the same for Ambrose, then left. So hopefully that'll get explained next week. Expect to see the match at Fastlane, as obviously they can't really do it at WrestleMania because Seth Rollins will be facing Brock Lesnar. Now, another thing that I've been thinking about with, obviously, Roman returning, where does this leave Seth Rollins? Obviously, you'd expect... Before this, you would have said Rollins would probably win the title against Lesnar at Mania, although you can never be sure 
with a Brock Lesnar WrestleMania match. But now, what do you do? Do you know what I mean? Do you put the belt on Seth? I think you still put the belt on Seth Rollins, have him be babyface, beat Lesnar clean, and then you can move Roman across to SmackDown after you've done a couple of Shield matches, say, post-Mania. Move him across to SmackDown, ready for when SmackDown goes onto Fox TV. So, obviously, I'm looking a bit ahead, but what I personally expect to happen, Rollins beat Lesnar... I don't want him to have help from Reigns, maybe they could, but this should just be Rollins' moment to establish he is the top guy for the time being. Have him beat Brock Lesnar at Mania, and then, I don't know, what pay-per-views after Mania? Is it Backlash? No, I'm sure they've changed that, I don't know, maybe Backlash, yeah, it was Backlash last year, because we had that whole Roman versus Samoa Joe main event, when that was a terrible pay-per-view, wasn't it? Backlash last year. I don't think the one before was any better, much better either, I think it was Orton against Jinder. Anyway, I've gone off with myself there. So yeah, so maybe, obviously there's a bit of a lull post-Mania, so you could have, I was saying that though, Ambrose is leaving, isn't he, after Mania, apparently, I'm still not buying it, me, there's just something about it, nothing adds up with what's going on, but obviously, you could obviously have Roman and Seth teaming up after Mania, you get a few matches out of that, obviously, I think the draft's a few weeks after Mania though, so they could probably have maybe one match at Backlash or whatever, teaming up, and then you can move Roman across to SmackDown, and the feud, I'm going to get into this, this is why I want Roman across on SmackDown, we can finally see this, the roles reverse, my mind will blow at seeing this, we can have, after all these years, the culmination of, basically, the start of Roman's story, I know they've had a match before at Fastlane, but we can see Roman Reigns, versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. And unbelievably, you could have Roman Reigns as the babyface getting cheered against the evil Daniel Bryan. That would be fantastic to see. They've got so much stuff they could get at. They could have Bryan ranting about how Romans took his moments away. All that stuff because he's, as I said last week, you could say, oh, you dirty, meat-eating bastard. You took my you took my moment away at WrestleMania. Obviously, if he just goes in and says, you took my moment away, fans might back Bryan. But if he, like, gets something in about being a vegan or... Whatever, I don't know, I'm getting carried away, I'm dream booking the situation, but I want to see a Roman Reigns-Daniel Bryan feud with the roles reversed, that would be brilliant. Maybe they might not want to do that, obviously, with what happened last time Roman was anywhere, he wasn't even near Bryan, but with what happened there, maybe they won't want to do that. So yeah, that's just me speculating, obviously everything's now up in the air with Roman returning, but I personally expect Rollins to win the title at Mania, you don't really want... Roman say overshadowing Seth after Mania so have Rollins on Raw which is probably going to be the B brand after Mania as we lead towards Smackdown being on Fox they're desperate for these ratings and you'll probably see in my opinion Roman on Smackdown and if you think about it on Smackdown there is some great matches that you could see with Roman oh, I don't really want to see the feud with Samoa Joe carry on so hopefully Joe is not on the same brand as Roman that should have been a good feud, that, but it just really, really wasn't. So, yeah, that was pretty much, that's pretty much all I've got to say on the Roman stuff. I've dream-booked a few things, I've probably witted on a bit, but I am so happy that Roman's back, and finally we can have the top babyface be supported by WWE and by the fans. I'm praying, I don't think it'll happen, but I'm praying the fans don't turn on Roman anytime soon. Just don't do it. There's nothing worse than when the main event of the show has a babyface that's booed by the fans. Look at you. You you fucking idiots. You're doing the same with Ronda Rousey. 
what the what what is everyone mad with Ronda Rousey for? She's coming, yeah. She's had great match after great match. She can't. She's been training for about a year and a half, and you. I, I always go on about this, but you all oh, every time Ronda's out now, she's getting booed and stuff. Bullshit. There's no need for it. Do you know what I mean? In, I'm telling you right now. This is I've gone off topic here, but trust me on this. In ten years' time, people will be looking back at this part in time, and they'll be watching the Ronda stuff, and they'll be saying to themselves. I wonder why that those idiot fans were booing Ronda. She was fucking brilliant. You just know it's going to happen. Look at they did the same with Rock, did the same with Lesnar. Do you know what I mean? With Rock, everyone turned on Rock because he was leaving to go to Hollywood. Can I look where he is now? Do you know what I mean? Cena, Cena. You just I'm bored of the whole. Oh, the baby face at the top gets booed. Enough of it. Roman's great. Ronda's great. And fuck you, Cena's great too. Um. A lot of explosives in this show today. I think I think I've had been a long day at work. I'm excited to be doing this show. I've been thinking about stuff all day. So let me have a sip of this coffee actually, which may not be the best thing for this show. So yeah, I think we're gonna draw a line under the Roman Reigns tour. Obviously, it's great to, for him to be back. It's exciting. It's just great, isn't it? Oh, I bet there's some miserable bastards out there on. T- oh, sorry for the swearing again. I bet there's some miserable people out there on Twitter who are against Roman, but trolls speaking of trolls i had people last night i put a tweet up right on all my tweets i'm sure you'll notice yeah obviously i'm just a lad from england it's got a wrestling podcast i post the news and stuff i've never claimed to have inside knowledge and all that shit not many people do with all these news sites i couldn't list off about 20 news sites that people post we really don't really know anything so last night i had some little fucking idiot swearing again some idiot saying oh look at you trying to claim this is yours because i put the rock is backstage at raw yeah mate me I am claiming that I am in with The Rock and I know that he's backstage. That is exactly what I wanted people to think. Fucking idiot. Um, right, so enough of that. I've ranted a bit. Let's Now, with the good bits out of the way with the Roman Reigns stuff was great. And now I'm going to talk about something which I have mixed feelings on. So, last night we had Ric Flair's 70th birthday party. It's been advertised for weeks. Many people, like myself, like everyone really, just assumed that they was going to have Becky Lynch interfere and ruin the whole thing, which it was It was tough really, because although I would have liked to have seen it, I'm not sure having some Becky Lynch attack Ric Flair in his home, well, where he's living at the moment, would necessarily get a great pop. I might be wrong, the support for Becky might be that much that she'll get cheered for anything, but I think they might possibly just swerve something cleverly there just kept you don't need becky lynch attacking rick flair in his birthday party it's not worth the risk going into wrestlemania it really isn't so i think that's a good thing now this for me obviously on smackdown what was it the 20th year i don't know whatever smackdown it was a landmark episode in october whatever smackdown 1000 weren't it yeah we had this great evolution segment and Batista was so, obviously it was his hometown, but he was so over. He was great on the mic. Batista was never a good promo for me back in the days where he was the babyface, but he was so good on the mic for this promo. He obviously had a decent heel run when he was Hollywood Batista or whatever he was playing back in 2010. But um, so he was so over. They teased the match with Batista and Triple H. So it, Batista said he wants his last match to be with Triple H at WrestleMania, right? So for me. 
I'll just recap what happened. So the gist of it all is Flair's about to come out to the ring. You've got all these legends in the ring. Great time for a plane to fly over my house. But anyway, it always seems to happen, doesn't it? So you've got Angle, HBK, Sting, Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat, by the way, look fantastic. All in the ring. And Ric Flair's about to come out and he's not there. You see Dave Batista dragging a cameraman and he is attacking Ric Flair backstage. This prompts Triple H to run down the ramp and try and confront Rick, try and confront Batista, sorry, and the show goes off air. Now, I was watching it, and my initial reaction was, is that it? Do you know what I mean? I was expecting something big, something in the ring, not just a backstage segment, but it left it on a cliffhanger, so that was fine. But for me, it's just, you're having Batista be the heel. Now, Batista is a better heel, yeah? He is a better heel than Babyface, even if he was great on the SmackDown 1000 episode. However... If this is indeed Batista's last match at WrestleMania, why would you have him be a heel? Why would you do that? Triple H has been a heel on camera for years now. And I hate it when they do. Well, Batista's turned heel on Ric Flair, so Triple H is now babyface via default. So you're going to have a returning Batista versus Triple H at Mania. I'm telling you right now, Batista is going to get cheered over Triple H at Mania. Triple H, as a babyface... Wrestler just never seems to work, does it? It just doesn't. I don't know what it is. He's better as a heel. Even though, as a character, I actually... We like him. But for some... I don't know what it is. Just seeing Triple H in the ring, it's just a bad guy. It's just what it is. So I would have preferred... If it is indeed Batista's last match, I'm going to my next subject now. I would have preferred it to be Batista's last match. Do you know what I mean? You don't need a big angle to get heat. Have Batista face Triple H... The whole, but you've never beat me to Triple H. Have Batista the wing clean in the middle. They hug after the match. You can bring Ric Flair out after the match. Maybe even Orton, Evolution, all stand at the end of WrestleMania. Well, halfway through WrestleMania, because that ain't main eventing. Sorry, Martin. Um, I know you want the Shield to main event, don't you? So, yeah, but now they've done it where Batista is heel. Now, to me, this tells me something. It tells me Batista's last match is not going to end with him being a heel at WrestleMania. So... What do we learn from it? Is Batista signed maybe? I'm speculating here. Has he signed maybe more than a one-match deal? Wouldn't surprise me. They could have offered Batista a contract. I'm sure that might be revealed in the weeks coming up. I'm just speculating. Maybe they have they want Batista on, say, SmackDown to help with the Fox ratings. Batista's pretty much mainstream at the moment. I don't think Vince quite realises that. Though I'm not into superhero movies myself. The, the biggest movies in the world at the moment, and Batista is on one of the main characters, well, kind of, in these movies, or one of them, two of them. So, for me, you have Batista as the babyface, but they've not done for that, so maybe you might have Batista being the top star. Who knows, who knows? Let's give him another run. Just He's like 49, 50. Batista can have a heel run for the whole year, finish off as babyface next year. Whether that'll happen is remain to be seen. If this is Batista's last match, and I just want to say this, right? We've seen Batista Triple H. I know Batista wants to wrestle Triple H. Can you imagine, right, if last night when Roman was out there, Batista confronted him and you had face Roman Reigns versus heel Batista at WrestleMania? They've never met before. They were the final two in the Royal Rumble in 2014. 2014? Yeah, 2014. That would be massive. Face Roman Reigns versus heel Batista. But they've gone the route of babyface Triple H versus heel Batista, which is 
bizarre but to be honest with you i've tweeted this out i'm so happy that batista they finally got batista back on the roster batista has been petitioning for a big wrestlemania match for years against triple h so after i was never the biggest batista fan if i'm honest but after i felt a bit tired in what happened with the whole blue teaster stuff around 2014 and his return Mm, that was crazy, by the way, that they thought Batista as a babyface versus Randy Orton heel was going to main event WrestleMania 30. But hey, the one time Batista as a face would have worked would have been this Mania, and they've not done that. Typical WWE. But yeah, as I saying, I felt sorry for Batista with his return, how it went last time. So I wanted him to have that great match. Well, a good big match for himself at WrestleMania. At least he's getting that. So I'm happy for this. I'm going to be excited for the match being in the building. I'm excited, yeah. So, a few other notes on Raw. Um, WWE, I want to say, they've, although I petitioned against this triple threat match, I still think the single match was the way to go. You've got to say, WWE did a great job in manipulating the crowd with great storytelling, something you don't often associate with WWE, into chanting for the triple threat match. Yes, that's right. Last night on Raw, fans were chanting, triple threat, triple threat which just shows what good storytelling can do. So, Becky Lynch, she obviously got arrested. Um, they did that as the angle. That was basically it. That Ronda was begging for Stephanie to reinstate Becky, but that didn't happen. This story, I, I hate to say that I was wrong, but no, I'm not going to do that, Martin. I'm not going to say I'm wrong, because I still think Ronda Becky would have been better. But the story, putting that aside, this story has been great. It's been the best thing going into WrestleMania. And all of a sudden, after last night, there wasn't that much excitement about this WrestleMania. But all of a sudden, we've got Triple H Batista. Although I just shitted on it, so it just shows what a hypocrite I am. We've got a Triple H Batista story coming. We've got, who's Roman going to face it? What is up with these planes? Who is Roman? Who is Roman going to face at WrestleMania? You've got the whole great story with... Kofi Kingston going on, you've got the triple threat going on, four great stories going into Wrestlemania potentially, I'm excited, I hope you were all excited, WWE, that Raw was a big turning point last night, I felt, hopefully they keep this going, which is going to lead me to the final point I want to talk about with WWE, and for me this is, who is Daniel Bryan facing at Wrestlemania, so the rumours are it's a returning superstar, Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt, rumours of The Undertaker, quickly on The Undertaker, expect loads of new sites to be reporting this, The Undertaker at this moment in time is expected not to be at Wrestlemania, that could change obviously, hashtag plans could change, fuck you, um, plans could change, but at the moment it looks like The Undertaker might not be at Wrestlemania for the first time in, I don't know, when, I can't remember Wrestlemania without The Undertaker, Someone tweet me, tweet me, when was the last time Undertaker wasn't at WrestleMania? Probably not since I've been watching, unless I'm forgetting one. So yeah, so Undertaker probably not at Mania. Um, who is Brian facing? For me, this is how I'd book it. You've, you can't have, after Kofi's faced Brian at Fastlane, you say you're bringing back Owens or Wyatt, you can't really have a, th well you can do, but I don't think it's the best way to, you can't, a three week build. So there's only three weeks, I think, from Fastlane to WrestleMania. A three-week build for the WWE Championship thrown together at the last minute. It's not what we want to see at WrestleMania. We've got a story with Kofi. He lost the match at Elimination Chamber. Have Kofi v. Brian end via DQ. Just have Brian walk out of the match, get counted out. Yeah, the crowd might shit on it, but hey, what's new? 
have that and then Bren, I don't know, Bren screws him over, whatever, and then have the moment with Kofi winning the title at WrestleMania. We've had the story going on for at least a month, maybe now, I don't know, two to three weeks. At least there's a few a story going into that, whereas if you just have Brian facing KO or Wyatt, then who knows, there's no story going to that. So for me, try and get this Kofi Brian story culminating at WrestleMania. That is the match we want to see. I think they should do it. Don't do... a lot Over the last 18 months, there's been a lot of thrown together. WWE Championship programs, I'm thinking AJ against Rusev springs to mind. Do you know what I mean? That was just thrown together, bit of a nothing. So, yeah, we've got a story in place. Just go with it. It might not have been what you originally planned, but just go to it. Makes no sense throwing together a quick storyline. So, I think that's it. I think that's it for the WWE stuff. Ranted, I've raved. We had a great Roman segment on Raw. We had the Batista Triple H stuff, which is interesting. It's not how I would have done it, but, hey, I'm here for the ride. And we've talked about Daniel Bryan, who he should face at Mania. So, I'm going to finish up with the New Japan Cup. The brackets have been revealed for the New Japan Cup. Um, so, actually, before that, I just want to talk about a match I watched from the Honorarys in show. Let me have a sip of this drink first. Copying off AEW podcast there. got to be professional ladies and gentlemen you've got to be professional right so friday zach saber jr against shota umina shota umino from honor rising and the new japan ring of honor shows that were on friday and saturday night well over here at least what a fucking match that was i've always rated shota he's been great he's been in a tag team i can't think of his well as if i forgot his, his tag team partner's name anyway the other lad who's in a tag team with is pretty good as well. But I, they impressed me in the tag lead. Umino is a great wrestler. I think he's going to expect big things from him. I was excited for this match before it started. Didn't quite expect Sabre to give him as much as he did. But they had a great match. Probably a four and four and a quarter, four and a half star match. It was a fantastic match. So I'm basically recommending this match. If you watch anything from wrestling from this weekend, go on New Japan World, night one of Honor Rising. It's the second match on the card. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shota Umino from Honor Rising. Go and check that match out. Fantastic match. Uh, Umino is actually facing Tanahashi in the New Japan Cup. So New Japan must have obviously been impressed with what they saw on Friday night. So, does anyone remember TM61 from NXT? Yeah, I think one of the guys, Nick Miller, he got released to go back home. Well, Nick Miller is in the New Japan Cup as wrestling under the name Mikey Nichols. So that's, I've not even seen that reported anywhere. I was just looking through the brackets then and I thought, who the hell's that? And then I thought, oh, Nick Miller, TM61. So yeah, so I'm just quickly going to run down some of the matches for your diary, get it in there. We've got four shows, four days in a row. It all starts on March the 8th, I think that's a Friday, because we've got Blackburn away on March the 9th, I think. Yep, that's March the 9th, God knows, whatever. Anyway, so that is a busy weekend, because Fastlane is that weekend as well, the same weekend as these shows. So four days of back-to-back New Japan shows, I'm just going to go through the cards so March 8th from Corican Hall, the greatest venue in professional wrestling. You've got Nagata versus Ishii. This match was obviously meant to happen on one of the American shows at the end of January, but Ishii couldn't get a visa. Uh, it was built up on the show the night after um, Wrestle Kingdom, New Year's Dash. So it's finally happened. Nagata versus Ishii, that'll be a good match. You've got Juice Robinson versus Chase Owens. 
Honma versus Taichi and Nakanishi versus Yoshihashi. So not really the best, <laughs> not really the best four matches to talk about there. But Nagata versus Ishii should be good. Um, March 9th, you've got this is from the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Not quite sure where that is. Japan, maybe. <laughs> uh, you've got Toa Hanari versus Lance Archer. Will Ospreay versus Bad Luck Farley. That should be an interesting match. Um, Kazuchika Okada versus Michael Elgin. Those two always have good matches. That should be good. And Mikey Nichols of TM61 against Hikaleo. I don't even know who that is. That just shows my inexperience that I don't know who that is. Hikaleo. Anyway, so Mikey Nichols versus Hikuleo. I'm excited for that Osprey against Bad Luck Farley match. I think Osprey will get a great match out of him. Um, March 10th from Hayagogu Baikom Gymnasium. Probably pronounced that wrong, but whatever. You've got Tenzan versus David Finley. I'm sure David Finley's injured. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Tanahashi versus Shota Yumino. That would be great if they give him a bit of time. Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. Kota Ibushi versus Naito. Fucking hell, that is a great card. I'm sure that's the, the same day as Fastlane. Yeah, I think it might be the same day as Fastlane. <whistles> that is going to be a big day. Tanahashi versus Yumino. Evil versus Sabre. Ibushi versus Naito. Fastlane at night. Get that date in your diaries, boys and girls. That should be fun. March the 11th, Yano versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. Well, that'll be an interesting match. Um... Kojima versus Suzuki. Oh, that'll be a good match. I'm excited for that. Um, Goto versus Sonada. It should be okay. Sonada can go. He's got no personality, but hey. Um, Makabe versus Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana definitely does have a personality. So, yeah, the highlight of that is definitely the March the 10th show. So, yeah, we will be reviewing that. Wow, that's going to be a busy weekend, that. I'm going to be... Black, basically, I'm a Preston fan. We're playing Blackburn at dinner time on Saturday of that weekend. So... Christ, hopefully I'm not too hungover from that. Hopefully we get a win as well. So yeah, so there's four shows there from New Japan. Don't forget March the 6th off the top of my head. Um, it's the show, is it? It's the anniversary show on March the 6th. I think it might be next Wednesday. Main event is Will Ospreay versus Jay White, non-title match. That should be a fun match. Um, so yeah, I'll probably review that show actually for you. But yeah, we'll be going through the New Japan Cup. Some good matches there. March the 10th show in particular looks fantastic. Um, all the shows are on New Japan World. That you've got usually it's the round of 16, but they've done round of 32 this year. The second round will take place, um, I think at the end the following weekend. So, yeah, that should be fun. The quarterfinals and the semi finals and the final will be on the weekend after. So, New Japan have got three weekends of wrestling coming up, which is always great. Give something on the weekends where there's not much going on from WWE leading into WrestleMania. So, I have. Hopped on for enough. Now we're about half an hour in. I feel like I've been talking forever. I'm sure you do. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We've run through the New Japan Cup brackets for you. I have not took a breath. I am out of breath. Um, Smackdown's tonight. The Kofi Kingston Daniel Bryan contract signing. We've run through everything WWE for you. That's the end of the show. As I've said, ladies and gentlemen, please subscribe to us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Just search Wrestle New Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Spotify, same, search for the newspaper podcast. All the links for our sites are pinned at the top of our Twitter. I announced on Sunday we'll be doing a WrestleMania newspaper diaries. I'm going to talk about that in detail on the next show, so tune in for that. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope I've not pissed off too many people. I don't really care.
that is it. The show's over. See you later.